Is Raheem Mostert worth the price in drafts this season? How does the Vikings' new offensive coordinator change where you draft Minnesota players in 2020? And can Tyler Higbee become the 2020 version of Austin Hooper? Plus, the $20,000 2019 FFPC varsity number one champ, Tony DeCibio, drops in to discuss Seattle Seahawks wide receivers, Devin Singletary, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Hey, everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, back after a week of uh, inaction. I shouldn't say inaction because you were busy this past week, Dave, and uh, you missed the show, but it was for a good reason. Just crushing everything out at the FSGA conference, doing everything possible to make the FFPC more player friendly. It was a, it was a fantastic week for you, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I love hanging out with uh, these really cool fantasy guys. <laughs> it said, said tongue in cheek, as I can say from, uh, from um, a visual experience. Uh, so Dave is back tonight. It's going to be great. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about how to handle A.J. Green in your FFPC best ball drafts that are going on right now. Whether Kenny Galladay is officially a wide receiver one and the FFPC varsity number one champ, Tony DeCibio drops by to talk about Debo Samuel making a leap forward in 2020. A sneaky sleeper in early drafts this season and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFOR is where to reach us. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and more in the fantasy feedback segment uh, coming up later on in the show. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, are going to be working on getting those questions to us coming up later on in the show. I should remind everybody that if you were not aware, the FFPC best ball leagues are open for 2020. At the $35, $77, and $250 level, all at myffpc.com. Slow drafts, obviously, have been most popular this season. We've probably got, I don't know, 
like two dozen of those off so far. But, Dave, we have a live draft going on tonight. Is that correct? Oh, yes, sir. It just started about four minutes ago, and the mascot of the show, at Tupacker on Twitter, has the 101 pick. Dave, what is the percentage chance? 100%. That, <laughs> that he drafts Christian McCaffrey at the 101? Yep. Are you looking at it right now, or you just know? Uh, I just know, and okay. I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't know the draft uh, number offhand. Okay, that's fine. He, he might know it. But, but he's going to take McCaffrey. And, and Tupacker, for what it's worth, was a big CMC at 101 last year, too. As I, I think we were on this show, right? I mean, were, did we, was there ever a point since the draft started in January last year, was there ever a point that we advocated for anybody else at the 101 other than McCaffrey? We definitely didn't do Barkley. We definitely not Elliot, I don't think. I don't think we ever advocated for any other pick at the 101 than McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, that's correct. We've been McCaffrey fans the whole way through. Uh, I would say that we, you know, I think there were times we equivocated and said we can, you know, if someone else take Barkley, that's fine, but McCaffrey is right. our, our pick. Which was funny because if you look at the industry uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, it started an hour ago, sir. Oh, it started at 8 Central. Okay. He claims are in round 17. I'm not sure if I'd buy that. but maybe. No, I'd buy that. Yeah, for, for all these best okay, ball guys right. that are drafting early, Plus I, it's only a one-minute clock now. That's right. Yeah, 60-second clock. We should mention that, too. If you sign up for a live draft with the FFPC this year, it's only a 60-second clock. So get your you-know-what together and uh, have fun with it. Um, I, I think the drafts are going to go by faster, and you're going to be able to – you know, a lot of the people um, who drafted live last year – they draft football guys drafts or FFPC best balls or classics or what have you, and they got ticked off because there was no really good way to draft two on one night. Not so. Uh, that's not the case this year because now this year, if you draft at you know seven Eastern, you'll be able to draft at ten Eastern, no problem, or potentially nine Eastern. Yeah, you could draft nine. You know uh, how fast. Some of these guys could draft like on the hour because you know after round like once they get to round ten or eleven, whatever, they're fine. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. So. Check that out at myffpc.com. Also, Dave, Dynasty Orphans are available, myffpc.com slash Dynasty. If you want to pick up a team, don't want to start it from scratch, maybe get a discount. I, I think we still have some pretty good discounted teams at myffpc.com. There's a lot of discounted teams and a lot of good teams still, actually, too. At the $2,500, $1,250, $750, $500, $250 level, they're all at myffpc.com. You can go on there, see the entire roster, see all the picks that are available and the going price of those. So definitely check those out at myffpc.com. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Dave, let's get into it here. Odell Beckham Jr. He is going to sit down with his new head coach, uh, the former OC for the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin Stefanski, who is now uh, running things in Cleveland. Uh, They're going to sit down and discuss Stefanski's plan for personal conduct. A quote (laughs) from Stefanski. I'm looking forward to sitting down with Odell face-to-face. I haven't had the chance to do that yet, and I get the chance to do that. At that point, that's when I can start laying out my expectations for Odell and all of our players. Thanks to Ben Axelrod from WKYC.com. Beckham, if you were not aware, he made some waves during the national championship game, handing out cash to LSU Tigers players after the game. And apparently smacking, which not apparently, I saw the video. He actually did. He slapped a security officer on the rear end. Uh, The charges have been filed against Beckham for that. uh, But the uh, officer said that he is going to be dropping those. So here's the thing I want to bring up with you, Dave. 
Odell Beckham. Was it just like he just patted him on the butt? Or no, it was not a pat. It was a full-on slap. Okay. It, like, big time. Okay. All right, so let's bring this up. Odell Beckham right now in FFPC drafts is going off as the 10th receiver taken on average at the 304. Does that seem like a good spot for him? Would you be taking him in the early third round if you were, you know, picking at the top half of the draft? Or is this still a player that you would shy away from? I think for 2020, I'm off Beckham completely. And I, I you know, he, he hasn't been, when was the last year he was actually good and productive and pretty healthy? I His mean, second year in the league, I want to say. I mean, it's, he's, he's getting, okay, now this is getting extreme, but he's not that far off of where Antonio Brown was about a year ago. Right. No, I don't think he's going to go as crazy as Antonio Brown, but it's not outside the realm of possibilities. I mean, he could go crazy enough to get himself suspended. Right. Um, in fact, I think he probably will. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. So what's the percentage chance that Odell Beckham gets suspended? 60%. Really? Next for at least one game. Yes, 60%. That's I would do great. it. I got five on it right now. For, I'll, I'll bet Odell <laughs> Beckham's suspended That's fine. For one I game. will do that. I sure, will do that. Kind of fun. So Odell Beckham, you have five on him getting suspended in the 2020 season for one game or more. I have him not getting suspended at all. Yeah, and when I say in the season, that means he, he gets suspended during the offseason leading into the season, but it does cost him a regular season game. So yeah, that's, that's a big thing. Right, yep. right, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Beckham. One game or more suspended yep. for you. <laughs> I have uh, I have <laughs> less than that. I have. So what happens? Equal two or more. Hold on. I'm going to give you this. If I know this is more college rules than anything else, but if he gets suspended for a half, you still win. Like for a quarter or a half, they do that in college. Yeah. I, Any we, kind of suspension. We could call that a push. No, I'm not going to call it a push. All I'm right, going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Great. And uh, I have five, I five on it. On it. Nothing with that. I'm sorry, Luna's getting a little extra airtime tonight. Um, okay, so good, good on you there uh, as far as we get that taken care of. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up with Odell Beckham at the 304. Um, quick would you rather, Dave. These are all players going after Odell Beckham in FFPC drafts right now. Odell Beckham or Amari Cooper? Cooper. Odell Beckham or Keenan Allen? Uh, Allen. Oh, uh, I might have to go further. Okay, this is a good one. Odell Beckham or Allen Robinson? Oh, Allen Robinson, easily. Really? Allen Robinson was a WR1 last year. I he, know, was, I, I, he was right on the borderline. No, he was. But you have still have faith in him doing that again this year? with. He's in his prime. Okay. What is he, 27? No, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, you're singing to the choir here. Odell Beckham or the controversial A.J. Brown? <laughs> oh, man, you know that? Dan Williamson took him at the 112 of the first FFPC best ball of the season. You know, if these guys are taking him that early, you know what? I'll, I'll roll with A.J. Brown on the hype a little bit. But you would go with Brown over Beckham? <laughs> Seriously? Um, probably not. But I, I, so you're going to go with Beckham. It's fun. It was fun to say it. It was fun. All right. Last one. Odell Beckham or Juju Smith-Schuster? Uh, Big Ben's back. Juju had a rough year. He did. Yep. Big Ben is back. I'm going to go on. I'm going to do a bounce back for Juju Smith-Schuster. For some reason, I have a feeling Jared Smoll is going to roll him out as the bounce back player of the year for draft sharks. <laughs> no, so the, I'm going to get ahead the of comeback that player of the year. Is what yeah, whatever. Come back. Um, okay, so I didn't. I thought you'd go Beckham there, so now I got to go deeper. Odell Beckham or Cortland Sutton? 
catching passes from Drew Locke this year yeah, I, with not, no longer Rich Scangarello as the OC. I'm looking at thir- 13 to 14 games only for Beckham, but I guess I'll take, I'll take Beckham in that game. You would take Beckham. Uh, Two-backer pointing out in the chat room, Allen Robinson was the wide receiver eight last year in fantasy uh, in the FFPC. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, I was happy to acquire him for a 2021st in a league that I did well in. Did you also know, I should bring this up, uh, Darren Armani, who you can follow at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. Uh, you check out his website at FantasyMojo.com for all things FFPC. Uh, I believe it was earlier this week, I want to say Monday, uh, John Hansen, former Pros versus Joes veteran. Oh, well, not, it's not a former. He is a pros versus former Joe's. guru of fantasy. Mike Clay from ESPN, former pros versus Joe's veteran and graduate of Cutsdown University. And gra- graduate of Cutsdown, yes. They were both on John Hansen's Fantasy Guru Series XM show. And you know what they're talking about on Monday? Um, no. A- FFPC ADP. Oh, they're really? breaking it down and they're using the numbers you get at FantasyMojo.com. So That's nice. if you're looking at jumping into a best ball, you want to see your players are going, FantasyMojo.com is where to go. And then jump into best ball. There's insane values going on right now, regardless of what you think. Okay, speaking of insane values, Raheem Mostert gained 158 of his 220 rushing yards after contact in the NFC Championship game over the Packers. This past Sunday, according to Pro Football Focus, it was a monster game. And he could have another monster game in store, depending upon whether Tevin Coleman's able to go or not. It was the most yards in the NFC Championship gained after contact by a running back in the postseason since 2006. So my question to you, Dave, is this. If you're drafting in an FFPC best ball right now, Raheem Mostert is going, on average, at the 609. Is that a good spot? Is it too high? Is it potentially too low? You know, he, so again, I haven't checked out all. Six oh nine. He's not, go- a, not a pass catching back. He's not a pass catching back. He is going off as RB thirty one. Thirty running backs are being taken ahead of this guy right now for redraft leagues next year. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind the pick necessarily. Um, you know, he's not a pass catching back. They do like to share the ball and spread it around. That's that's my and issue. That, and I feel that that's just the the mo there. Kind of like. Um, Detroit seems like they're that little way. Bit, yep. Philadelphia is that way. Although, you know, you have Miles Sanders and Carrion Johnson. But even with those guys, they're still splitting time. To still have Bo Scarborough in Detroit. Yeah. You still have Jordan Howard in Philadelphia. Although, he, he even, you know, I think Miles Sanders, he's getting drafted a lot earlier. Howard was injured all the latter part of last year, although I do like Sanders' potential. I feel like Sanders should be, you know, drafted high enough to, and be used well, but who knows? Like, do you want to take a guess at where Miles Sanders is being taken right now? Uh, third, mid-third. 2-11. 211 on average is where he's going right now. Carry on Johnson, Dave. He's uh, going later, like the fifth-ish? Yeah, he should be going later. I'm looking it up right now. I feel like he's a good value right now. Um, 501. Yeah, That's a good value for carry on Johnson. Yeah, yeah, seems about right. I mean, I mean, no, it does seem like a good value. I agree with you. I, I think, like, you know, the rise of Bo Scarborough certainly has, has, has gotten a, a lot of people maybe less excited about carry on Johnson. But remember – He's not a pedigree guy. Not too worried about Scarborough. He was a, well. He he looked really good last year, Dave. I mean, the, you you look at the stretch for Detroit where they were playing for nothing, uh, where they're constantly trying to come from behind, except for in Green Bay uh, in Week 17. Um, Bo Scarborough was averaging like 4.6 yards a carry. I mean, it was really good. He was putting up good numbers there. Um, you know, if I pull up the game logs. I think I'm going to have to disagree because I, I uh, I'd have to pull them up. Okay, well that that's fine. If, if, I mean, I'm not. I know you had a, listen, a little bit. Here, here's the thing. You and I are in agreement that Carryon Johnson is a good value at the 501. Okay. Yeah, he totaled one target and or one risk. 
Four he's, targets, one reception. Yeah, he's not a pass catcher at all. Uh, one total touchdown in six weeks and never broke 100 yards. I mean, so I don't know. And Carrion Johnson, too, missed all that time. So he was rounding back into form, you know, later in the season. So I think you have to bear that in mind. So I, I think if you can get Carrion Johnson at the 501 right now, you are doing things right. Let's talk about A.J. Green because this is a player that we didn't seriously talk about since uh, draft season in 2019. He is a pending free agent. He might be franchise tag by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the quote from Green, the franchise tag is not the best thing. But like I said, I'm not turning down $18 million, <laughs> you and me both. It just happens. When you run a business, you have to make difficult decisions. But I feel when you put that on me, that's what you're showing me. You only want me for one year, and I always play with a chip on my shoulder. Darren Gant from ProFootballTalk.com giving you the story here. So let's, let's talk about this here for a second, Dave, because Zach Taylor has said over and over again, it is a priority for the Bengals to bring back A.J. Green this year. They have the first overall pick in the NFL draft. It's probably going to be Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU. You think about A.J. Green catching passes from one of the most polished pro-ready quarterbacks we've seen in a pro-style offense coming to the NFL in the last several years, maybe since Andrew Luck. I don't even know. But, but you look at A.J. It's, it's, to me, it seems like he's probably going to be a Bengal next year. And now you have to assess, well, where am I taking A.J. Green now that he's going to be healthy and catching passes from Joe Burrow and not Andy Dalton? Well, you're, make, you're making an assumption that he's going to be healthy, which he has not been healthy. I mean, he played every game in, in uh, 2017, played nine games in 2018, 10 games in 2016, zero games in 2019. He hasn't, you know, he's been fading for years now. I, I really, you know. He's on the wrong side of 30. You're I right. look at, you know, um, I look at some of those, you know, those receiver, you know, their graphs, right, where it shows the receivers and where they finish. And, you know, it, it's, they don't come back to being top 12 receivers. Right. They just don't. And it, I guess Fitz maybe did, or there's a couple guys that have. I don't, I, don't, hear, I don't think he bounced back to top 12. So I just, I don't see him bouncing back. I, I just have little to no interest in A.J. Green. In fact, if I was the Bengals, I would, I would just let him go. Let him go. I would, but that's, hey, that's why they make the decisions they make. Dave, I'm going to do one of my favorite things on the show right now, and that's pose an unfair question to you. How many receivers would you draft ahead of A.J. Green this year? Ballpark it. Uh, 40. He is currently going as wide receiver 33 in FFPC drafts. Yeah, see, that's so, fair that so, I, I like him less than the average. And so I would imagine that you would draft. Tell me if I'm wrong on any of these guys. I'm going to give you a list of guys that are going ahead of A.J. Green. Okay, now keep in mind, you're going to give me a list of guys, and I'm going to tell you where I'm going to draft them based upon A.J. Green's current status where he is right, right. now. Yep, exactly, because that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. we don't know exactly where he's going to end but, up or what's But for people who are drafting sure. right now, this okay. is what they need to know. This is a list of players that are going ahead of A.J. Green. Tell me if you would take Green ahead of any of these players. Tyler Boyd, T.Y. Hilton, Debo Samuel, Julian Edelman, Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry, and Michael Gallup. Would you take any of those? Would you take A.J. Green over any of those receivers? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. So after that, I'm going to go a little bit, I'm going to dip a little bit further down. <clears throat> A.J. Green or Brandon Cooks? Oh, that's where he's getting interesting. <laughs> Cooks was really a you know he really had a rough year. He and did. He's not getting targeted, and I don't know what's what's the. It's like two guys who have different problems. Right. They both have problems. I'm right. gonna go with a, a running back in that situation. <laughs> okay. All right. AJ Green or Will Fuller? <laughs> Dedicated to two packer on six, this one. Six, six, uh, six games a year. Right. Because um, now you're talking about the same the same again, issue. A guy with, well different issues that Will Fuller can't. But, but injury issues. Healthy. Injury issues. 
I might take a shot. At, if this is best ball, I'm going to take Fuller. Okay. Now let's do this one. This is the last one. A.J. Green, or who might be the first rookie drafted this year among receivers, Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Um, I'll probably – I need to do my research on Judy. I'm, I, I'm – right now. Okay. Right now. Um, go ahead. It's right now, so. This is a slam dunk for me, but go ahead. I'll take A.J. Green. I, I would take Jerry Judy, and here's the reason. AJ, for all the reasons that you just said, give me the unknown of Jerry Judy, who's going at the 9-10 of FFPC best ball drafts right now. Where's, where's A.J. Green going? Uh, I, I just had it up. Uh, I'm sorry. I want to say, say, hang on a second. Sorry. This is, no, this is, this is my fault. 709 is where oh, he's 709. going. So you're going to take guys going two rounds later. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. right now. I get okay, it. This, well, I mean, this ADP going is going to two rounds out. right now. <laughs> right. Now. Right. I would still, well, I mean, I guess if I could get green and Judy, I would look at that. No, no, that's but, fine. I mean, I get it. All right. Fair enough. Last thing I want to bring up before we get to our guest tonight, varsity number one Good champion. God. $20,000 champ. Can we just skip? Can we talk to the guest and put that at the well, rerun? No, no, I want to do it because this is going to be brief. We really want to talk about Jay Gruden? Well, he's taking over. Okay, this, I think you're answering the question. He's taking over. Or it sounds like he's going to be taking over the offensive coordinator duties for Jacksonville, DJ Chark, Leonard Fournette, uh, Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles potentially, and so on and so forth. Are you upping any of these guys given what Jay Gruden has been able to do with the Washington offense with very little to work with over the last few years? Um, or not so much. It's fine if it's not so much. I mean, I'm I'm interested in the Jags. I guess I, I mean I'm interested in those players. I like I like a lot of them. Um, so the, I don't know if I'm upping them a whole lot. Okay, that's fine. But okay, let me to to put it in our terms of our buddy Farrell Elliott. I hope we keep the guests long. We're, we're going long. With I know I'm going long. I just want to get with Leonard Fournette. Would you want to be in business with him at the 205? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> Last one I want to bring up, T.J. Chark is going at the 6.05 with Jay Gruden. That was his O.C. Would you, is that a solid pick there for you? Yeah, I like T.J. Chark there, whether yeah. it's Jay Gruden or, you know, Bill was Laser or whoever. Bill <laughs> Laser. Some idiot. Bill care. Walsh. Yeah, whatever. Whoever, yeah, all right, I get it. The corpse of Bill Walsh. The, the corpse of Bill Walsh, indeed, might be better than uh, probably half the offensive coordinators in this league. All right, let's get it to uh, tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's been playing for fantasy, excuse me, he's been playing fantasy football for almost two decades in his buddy leagues, some of the lower-end national contests, such as CDM, All-American Fantasy Sports. Uh, for back in the day, he recently made the commitment to enter into one of, excuse me, two more of the high-stakes leagues because of his belief that he could hang Dave with some of the sharks that are out there this year. Well, that's for sure. It obviously paid off. Please welcome in the $20,000 winner in the 2019 FFPC Varsity Number 1 League, Tony DeCibio. Tony, thanks so much for joining the show this week, man. Hey, man. What's going on? Well, we're just we're talking fantasy football in late January prior to the Super Bowl. It's good stuff, and we get to pick the brain of a guy who brought home a five-figure grand prize uh, in the varsity number one league. So it's going great for us. Tony, can you tell us when you're not crushing everybody in fantasy football, what you're doing for a living? Well, lately I've been playing a lot of blackjack. <laughs> That's always a good answer. I, I bet you're not playing. The and five not either, to you? say that the wife uh, approves of that, but um, when I put some cash in her hand, it, it, it helps. Yeah, definitely. And you probably put some cash in her hand after that uh, 20. You know, it's funny. I was looking at this at this varsity number one championship for you, Tony. You, you kind of had this 
like prior to week 16, I don't want to say it was locked up, but you had to be feeling really good about yourself going into that final week of play. Oh, well, let, let me tell you uh, a funny story with that. Um, I was very aware of who was in the league this year. And I don't know if you're looking, but I know you see cocktails and dreams listed there. Sure. Okay. So cocktails and dreams, we, we all, everyone knows Chad, who Chad is. He was toiling around fourth and fifth place uh, pretty much the whole first half of the year. And I had a pretty decent lead. And the second half of the year, he kind of starts climbing up closer and he starts inching closer. And he settles in the third place. And we're going into the last couple weeks. And it's now week 16. I look up and Cocktails and Dreams is in second on my heels. So I'm trying to think, is this, you know, <laughs> is this what happens? Because this is, you know, what Chad does. He wins everything. <laughs> uh, I had over a 140-point lead, and I didn't feel comfortable. Right. <laughs> and luckily, you know, I'm like, if, if a couple of my key guys here drops and his guys go like nuclear or something, this is going to, you know, make all kinds of headlines, and I'm going to lose I'm going to lose 20 grand. And uh, <laughs> luckily everyone stayed healthy and, and got their points and I held them off, but he snuck right into the number two spot on week 16. And I was looking over my shoulder kind of, oh, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, you bring up Chad Schroeder's name and, and he has, I, I don't want to say he's, he's crushed every varsity league, but it always seems like I know he won at least one varsity last year. I think he won him. No, he didn't win them both in 2017, but there was one year where he won them both. And um, oh. uh, he, he's been very successful in this league uh, for, for sure. The two varsities that we've had, and I would have been, you know, shaking in my boots the same way you were, Tony, you, you got it done. <laughs> Thanks in part to uh, Tyler Lockett uh, was one of the big guys that, that had got it done for you all season. But if we look to 2020 drafts, Dave, there's an interesting conundrum for Seattle Seahawks receivers involving Lockett and Metcalf. Yes. They're both going at the end of the fifth round right now. Um, Both Lockett and Metcalf, you had Lockett on your team, but now let's say you're redrafting uh, for 2020, which one of them would you take? Would you take the up and coming DK Metcalf or the consistent Tyler Lockett? You know, as much as I like Metcalf and what he did the second half of the year, I got to go Tyler. Uh, that's just – that's Russell's boy, you know. That's who he trusts. He's had years with him. Um, you know, Tyler was in there kind of holding his own in the Doug Baldwin years and, and kept coming up. And as as great as DK did, Tyler's still his guy. So, uh, I don't know who's going to have the better year, honestly. Um, I, I, I'll tell you what, if I had the chance, I'm, I'm going Tyler again. If I had to pick and it's, it's my turn, both are available. Dave, I love Tyler Lockett. I, I own him in a couple of dynasty leagues. He's been very good to me. But, and I, I will freely admit this. I, I was for sure on this show prior to the Seahawks drafting him. I said I am not sold on DK Metcalf. I don't think he can run the full route tree. I think he is, you know, we, we kind of praise him for his Adonis-like looks in his, in his body. And by the way, I, I don't think I brought this up on the show, but I was down on the field prior to that Seahawks-Packers game uh, in the divisional playoff, 
and that, checking him out, huh? Did, well, he was wearing very little. Oh, nice. He, he was wearing like this. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what he's wearing. He's wearing <laughs> a form-fitting hoodie. All right. Super short shorts. His calf muscles and his thigh muscles were rippling. He was clearly a Greek god out there. And I'll tell you this. This turned into some sort <laughs> of show. His play backed it up. <laughs> he looked great out there. And, and I was wrong. I thought he would be a total bust as a pro. He wasn't. And now this is the decision that fantasy owners are going to have to make coming up to this year and, er, in 2020. They're both going at the 512. You already heard from Tony. He likes Lockett better than, than Metcalf. I don't think I have an opinion. Do you have an opinion? Or would you, are, are they kind of neck and neck for you right now? Well, I think, you, in my opinion, I, you've kind of seen the peak of Tyler Lockett, and now you have DK Metcalf to have a whole offseason. So I think you have some upside with, with, um, with Metcalf that you don't have with Lockett. So I probably would lean towards the upside and take Metcalf. When you're talking about a late fifth-round pick, why not yeah, go just, for the upside? Yeah, yeah. the same spot. That's probably where I would go. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I, I also freely admit I didn't draft Metcalf hardly anywhere last year, so I was pretty much wrong on him as a rookie. But you crushed a lot of dynasty leagues for what it's worth. Well, yeah, that's due to other picks. Ah, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, of dynasty picks that probably got people uh, championships in, in, in their, you know, from their rookie drafts last year, <laughs> Devin Singletary, you got him, Tony, at the 611 in this varsity draft. He's going at the 403 currently in FFPC best ball leagues. He's the 18th running back off the board. How would you feel about picking him there if you were drafting right now? Does that seem right? Early fourth round, 17 running backs off the board. You go Singletary, or is that still too early? No, no. It's, it's, it's right on track right now because I'll tell you what, I think when August rolls around and we, we start getting into the thick of it, everybody's he's going to sneak into probably early third, and you're, you're going to see probably some people reaching – in the second, I, I don't know what it is why everyone's so enamored with running backs and locking up a running back. I have to get a running back, and it's it's almost you see people get passed over for running backs with potential because you're trying to get that you know that crazy year, that Aaron Jones year, that Ezekiel Elliott year, your Dalvin Cook. You're everyone sees that and they're trying to grab it. I, I think we're going to see him in early three probably in the second once the August drafts start rolling around. Dave, um, you, you talk about Singletary, two-packer, who I believe is in the first live FFPC draft of the year tonight, right? That started yes. roughly about an hour and a half ago. Um, he said that, that the running backs are all going off the board crazy early, to quote him <laughs> on this. And, and I don't know if it's, a, if, if it's a question of people are more nervous about missing out the hashtag FOMO effect. I'm not sure. But running backs, I, I think that even if you look at the first round this year, we saw so many busts in the first round last year. And how many running backs mm. on average are going off in the first round this year? Nine. Nine running backs going off in the first round. I think it's because you have, you have, you know, I don't know what it is. Let's say 22 settled running back positions, whatever the okay. number is. Where it's Arbitrary kind of, number, whatever. Yeah, so you have some amount of running back positions that are settled, and then there's a pretty good running back class, pretty good receiver class. But when you have a pretty good running back class, so those positions can actually, move, you know, get, get taken and moved right. around. Uh, so I think people are just going for the safety of running back, knowing that they can get receivers later that are secure in their jobs. Because they're not too worried about rookies taking jobs of, uh, of a lot of those guys. Well, and there's less variance, too, with, with – um... I, you know, it's weird I say that this way, but there's less variance with running back. In other words, if you get the guy for the job, you kind of know where you're going with, you know, with, with yeah, that position. Nick Chubb, you have Nick Chubb. You're yeah. not too worried about Nick Chubb losing his but, job. But for wide receiver, I mean, who knows, you know? Right. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I'd probably, by the way, I'd probably lean, 
in that same area, I'd probably lean towards like James Conner or Marlon Mack over Singletary myself. I just, I've never been a huge fan of Singletary's uh, athletics, not his skill set. His skill set was great. Just as athletic. He's athletic. I'm totally with you on that. Quite there. Yeah. Um, but he played great last year, so I've been proven wrong so far. And so this year, I might get caught again. Um, we, we, uh, Tony, we just, we, we just brought this up with, with Singletary. He goes at the 403. James Conner and Marlon Mack going at the 408 and 409 in, in best ball drafts right now. Would you still prefer Singletary over those two guys, or do you like Connor or Mack there instead? Hmm. Well. You can't argue with Maybe Mac and, uh, and Connor's volume. I yeah, mean, so I'm, got, I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving Singletary. I love that he's rushing and receiving, but uh, you know that that's tough. Mac's line is so amazing. Quentin Nelson and that line. I don't. That's a tough. That's a tough call. It's a toss up. I and I look at it from the standpoint of I, I'm with you on Mac. I'm with you on Singletary. Connor's the, the wild card here, Dave, because I feel like, and this is a sneaking suspic- suspicion, excuse me, that I've had since like late November when Connor was playing six snaps and then leaving the game because of injury. <laughs> I just felt like Pittsburgh was going to address that on day one or day two of the draft uh, with a running back. Yeah, it's possible. And, and if they do, then that gums up the whole works in Pittsburgh with Samuels, with Connor, with the rookie. And, and that's why I, I would probably shy away from Connor there. And, and go with a guy like Singletary or, as you said, Marlon Mack as well. Sure. Uh, um, so we, let's talk receiver a little yeah, bit. Yeah, perfect. Let's and, do that. Uh, so last year you had a rookie, Debo Samuel. He you know, started out maybe a little bit slowly, but he really came on and was killing it at the end of the year, and he's still playing, and he's going to be in the Super Bowl. You draft him at the 15 yeah. He's now going at the 28th wide receiver at the 6-12 spot. Uh, what do you Man. think? Do you think he's going to be worth that pick at the 6-12? I mean, it's a pretty big jump up, but he's going into his that second is. year, so he's got some upside. Well, yeah, yeah, nine-round jump there going into your second year. And, uh, you know, wait do you see if he has a good Super Bowl. Um, well, he's co- he's on a young team with Shanahan out there, and, it, you know, he has a chance to grow now with Garoppolo and, and players like Mostert and stuff like that. So I think if he stays healthy, they love what he brings. They They bring him out on jet sweeps and – let him rush the ball. So I think as long as he stays healthy, he could get you. He might be able to get you double-digit points a week. It's it's not a bad pick. As as high as six, you know. I guess we'll see after the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, and Tony, you bring bring it up. That that's what I love about Debo Samuel. The fact that not only is he catching passes in in an offense that's put up a lot of points, they manufacture plays for him. You know, he's running mm-hmm. the jets, jet sweeps. He's running the reverses. He's doing all these things. You know, you look at what he did in, in that NFC Championship game. It wasn't a whole lot through the air, but he got just as much on the ground because I think Kyle yeah. Shanahan realizes what a talent they have in Debo Samuel, and they need to get him the ball so he can make plays. The yeah, I know, because I had the over for his receiving yards for that game, <laughs> and he had like 40-something <laughs> right, in the first yeah. quarter, and then I lost. Sorry, man. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead. But he is. But right now at at the six twelve, he is going ahead of guys in FFPC drafts. He's going ahead of guys like Julian Edelman, Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry, and Michael Gallup. I think that's aggressive, but I could also see mm. it working out pretty well too to to get him uh, above those guys. Um, he's, a, he's a playmaker in the open. He field. totally he really is. is. He totally he is. is. You just can't. Yeah. You can't teach that. We had um uh, Rotoviz high stakes lowdown last year. This time. 
Brian Studebaker, who um, real men of genius, who we were talking, he, he's out in South Carolina, saw a ton of Debo Samuel, and he told us, you know, before the NFL draft, before everything, he's like, this guy is special. This guy is awesome. Yeah. He is going to be a playmaker in the NFL, and sure enough, he was right. And by the way, Brian Studebaker wins a ton of dynasty leagues every year, so I think that, that this is something we should have paid attention true. to. Um, Gary Kubiak, speaking of things we should ping, uh, be paying attention to here, Tony, he just got hired as the Vikings offensive coordinator, and we know I, that – I felt like he has been the whole time. Has no, 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 he, he yeah, had influence. I, I second that. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who so, was the offensive coordinator? It was Stefanski <laughs> last year. Now he's the head coach of Cleveland. Uh, man, you know, I just figured it was always Kubiak. I just figured he's been there for like 20 years now. He, he's been in the NFL right, for anyways, like 40 whatever. years. He yeah. basically went from backing up John Elway in the early 90s to he was in Houston know, for a while. Right? Parlayed a co- yeah, he, and then Denver for a while. Oh, he was yeah. coaching there. So. Kind of in the middle of the country type of guy. He Totally. So he is now going to be um, calling the plays in Minnesota. He loves to run the football. How high would you take Dalvin Cook? And before you answer that question, I'll tell you right now that FFPC players are drafting Dalvin Cook on average as the 106. Um, and conversely, mm. are you downgrading guys like Stephon Diggs, guys like Adam Thielen, who'll be catching passes from Kirk Cousins in this offense as well? Well, uh, Cook is absolutely going to be in that top six, top eight uh, overall picks. I mean, people love the rushing and receiving. And I feel like, you know, Kubiak being the special advisor this past year, um, I think if he wasn't, you know, we might have had a Diggs maybe quit the team. (laughs) I feel like after his blow up is when I think Diggs went nuclear for like three or four games. Um, Yeah. So I think the, the Stefanski running the ball constantly at the expense of the wide outs. If he's gone, I think Kubiak will bring that balance with all three guys because they're such awesome weapons. And me being a rabid Broncos fan, I remember the days when Kubiak was in charge of the Broncos and uh, he had all that talent and, and stuff to play with, and he knew how to do it. He knew how to how to keep everybody kind of fed and happy. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not downgrading those two. Um, I hope other people do. Help me out. <laughs> That's the way to look at it. I'm just looking at, <laughs> and I didn't even bring this up before the show started, but Adam Thielen uh, currently going as the 601, Dave, way later than where he was going last year in FFPC uh, best balls at this time. And then uh, Stefan Diggs going currently at the 412. So you can get a guy like Stefan Diggs at the end of the fourth. You get a guy like Adam Thielen uh, at the uh, start of the sixth round. As George Costanza from Seinfeld would say, now you get a team. <laughs> Very true, Bobby. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So uh, you, you drafted in, in the main event. You drafted in the football guys contest as well. Um, can you tell us what do you think, you know, varsity is a different type of format. Is there a, a challenge in varsity um, versus those other formats? Uh, you know, or just talk about the differences a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Well, I think uh, what kind of drew me in the varsity was um, it's basically, okay, everybody on the starting line, this is the deal. Whoever's going to score the most points by week 16 is going to win 20,000. Go. And uh, it's kind of just a race to week 16. We're not worrying about records. We're not worrying about whose, you know, divisions or my record, his record. Uh, I've seen over the years, and of course I've had been in leagues with people with awesome records, and their total points are, are down. 
So I think the total points varsity league is more telling of who who really has the dominant starting lineup, who who's had the starting you know the starting lineup dominance for the entire year. And uh, I kind of dig that, man. I like that, and I and I love doing it, and I'm I'm hooked now. See, yeah, that's why I hate varsity is because I want to have like, <laughs> the crappy seventh best teams that actually has <laughs> well, a winning record yeah, and I luck into the playoffs. A little, yeah. You know what's funny? Other guys get injuries and I win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. You know what's funny about that is is um, uh, one of my leagues in in Kentucky, Dave, our beloved uh, KFFSC. Um, that happened to me where I was the number two seed, got in by record, and then ended up getting a couple of good weeks in the playoffs and won the whole league. So I get where you're, where, you're awesome. where you're coming from on that. <laughs> But I mean the dominance from you know truly the skill is in the varsity there. Well, obviously we've we've had a lot of people. um, You know, um, Brody Brown was actually chiming in on Twitter when he found out Tony was going to be on the show, and he's like, "This is going to be a great show." This guy kicked my tail (laughs) in varsity this year, so I really want to. That's the thing about varsity. There's nowhere to hide actually because no, there's not. You look at the. It's like okay, I'm in. I'm in eleventh, and you know you're in eleventh. It's like I'm only down. 480 points to first, right, and you yeah. just know you're screwed. You know yeah. it's over. Yeah. So it gets depressing after week 10 if you have a bad team. At that point, it, it definitely does. <laughs> Tony, we have a couple of emails that came in for you this week. I, I want to read these uh, questions from the listeners here. Ryan in Sacramento leads it off this week. Hi, Tony. With Jason Garrett now running the offense for the Giants, which player besides Barkley are you most excited about drafting? Thanks. That is Ryan in Sacramento. Ryan, we appreciate you listening and emailing in. Tony, is there a uh, favorite giant that you have this year other than Saquon Barkley now that we know Jason Garrett is going to, well, probably be calling the plays there in New York? I'm going to go with the obvious and, and go with Evan Ingram over either of the wideouts. Um, I just, I think Ingram, when healthy, we still haven't seen his best, and I think we're going to see a big, big tight end year. He just has that, uh, that, that, tight end body where he's getting open he's he's a playmaker and i think we're going to see some things out of evan engram this year Davey on board with evan engram because i i think he's going later than where he was at this point last year in ffpc draft he lost eli oh he did he did that is true he did lose eli <laughs> he is going right now as uh as the tight end seven at the 503 oh think, yeah, yeah dude that's that's awesome that. i hope I don't he stays right that's... there yeah, I don't think that's super cheap, but I wouldn't mind taking them. It's cheaper than it was last year, I'll tell you that. Yeah, by, but, by, I mean, by a round. Well, uh, round and a half maybe. But, but, I mean, guys like – round and a half. Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Austin Hooper all going in front of Evan Engram. They weren't last Where's year. Where's Hunter Henry going right after? Uh, no, he's going later. Hunter Henry, 5'11". Right, right after. Yeah, right after. Okay, so, hmm. yes, right after Engram. Yes, excuse me. Who would you – just curious. I'd rather take Henry myself. Uh, let, let's pose this – uh, fellas, and, and Dave, I'll ask you first, and then Tony, I want your response. Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, both free agents right now. Austin Hooper mm. going at the 412, Hunter Henry going at the 511. Would either of you guys like drafting those guys at those spots in the draft, or is the unknown too much for you to pay that type of price? Dave, I'll let you so go the, first. Sir, who, so Hooper, Hooper and, and Hunter Henry, both free agents. Unrestricted? Unrestricted free agents. <laughs> can sign anywhere. What would you rather do here? Or, or did you stay away from it entirely? Henry's not unrestricted. Yes, he is. There, there, I don't there, believe you. Dude, there's plenty of talk of the Packers getting Hunter Henry this offseason. Oh, oh, that would, well, I don't know. 
So, uh, so okay. So well, I guess I mean it changes things a little bit. And actually, I should have known that because I supposedly run, you know, I'm on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, so you should, definitely, know, uh, definitely are. Henry's podcast. free agent status right. a better. I don't know. I still, I still like him. I think they're going to resign him. So you're, yeah. and the other thing to bear he in mind, he gets an eight pick discount. And Tony, I'll pose this to you. I, I think the other thing to keep in mind is whoever signs these guys, if it's not the Falcons, if it's not the Chargers, they're going to be paying these guys to perform how they did last year too. Whether they do or not, that that that's a matter of of, um, of let's wait and see. But Austin Hooper, Tony going at the four twelve, Hunter Henry going at the five eleven. Do you want to be in business with either one of those tight ends at that point? Well, that's that's right around the area where uh, I kind of like to dabble in tight ends. I, I even went one in the third this year, which was a complete and total flop. Well, you know, we can go ahead and uh, table that for a second. But um, I think both, depending on the quarterback and where they land, I'd like to think that they're both re-signed with who they're with. Uh, if they do, let's say they re-sign with their current teams, I, I would take either in those rounds. Who would I go with? Probably, uh, man, I, you know, you want to say Hunter Henry, but there's there's Melvin Gordon, there's Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen's still there. It's how many options do we go through before we get to Hunter Henry? But Hooper plays with Julio Jones, so uh, it's tough, man. That's a toss for me. That's that's a that's a wash. Well, and if it's a wash for you, Tony, you'd probably be going with Henry, given that you get the round. I mean, he goes around later than Austin Hooper, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Any, any, well, I mean, it, and it's kind of a moot point for you because you already talked about how much you love Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram going up above Hunter Henry and right below Austin Hooper. So I think we know where you would be leaning on that. One final yeah, question yeah. from Hil- from uh, Neil in Hilton Head, South Carolina. He writes, what's up, Tony? Who is an under-the-radar guy for the Jets next year, especially if Robbie Anderson leaves in free agency? Could a rookie receiver be a big sleeper Catching balls from Sam Darnold. Appreciate you listening and emailing in, Neil. That's good stuff from you. Um, the Jets, it, it's a weird situation because you know they're going to have Jamison Crowder. Uh, Dave, who is the tight end that you really loved that last year that, that is going to be back again? He was suspended for the two, first two games this past year for the oh, Jets. stupid Herndon. Uh, Chris Herndon, thank you. Um, <laughs> the dumbest guy in football who can't get his act together. <laughs> he will be back. We don't know if Robbie Anderson will. It sounds like Le'Veon Bell will. Um, are you looking – I mean, is there any potential for, like, Jamison Crowder or potentially a rookie uh, receiver for the Jets this year uh, breaking out, or is this a situation to avoid, in your opinion, Tony? Um, uh, is, is Gase is still there, right? Indeed. Oh, uh, <laughs> boy, I, I lucked out with Jamison. You know, Jamison gave me, like, 18 catches week one or 19 catches. Um you know, if if a rookie receiver breaks in there, I don't know what Gase is going to do with him. He could he could be featured. He could, you know, disappear one week and do awesome the next. Gase is so weird. It's I don't feel comfortable with that at all. I'd rather go Crowder over a a big uh, rookie receiver. You know, it's I don't like that that situation. Yeah, Dave. We don't know where these receivers are going to end up. Jamison Crowder going at the 1201 in FFPC drafts right now. Uh, using Fantasy Mojo's data, Jamison Crowder had a win rate of 12.97% for best ball leagues last year, which Yuck. is over. What? 
12.9? Yeah, which means that, you know, the average is 8%. So. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Ooh, All right. That's, you, that's awesome. If you take one out of 12, that's right. in, in the uh, 8%. Oh, that's perfect. So, yes. Yeah, it's like 13%. So it's actually a really, it's one of the, he was actually the number one, two, three, four, so, five, six, seven. He was the number eight wide receiver, <laughs> right. eight best for best ball last year. So so the fact that you can mm. get him at that 11-12 turn, that's a massive win, right? That That's a must get. Yeah. It seems that way. I mean, right. it seems pretty cheap. Yeah, it does seem cheap. Okay. All right. Well, now, and I learned something uh, a, a little bit tonight, too. <laughs> I think it's 8.33% so to be precise. We, we are all ab- about the opinion of, hey, we want to know who the sleeper is. We want to know who the boss are right now. And, Dave, who better to ask this than a $20,000 varsity winner in Tony DeCibio right now? All right. Yes, please, Tony. We le- are looking for – this is redraft, please. Looking for players to be overdrafted this year and a sleeper that you were going to target late. Well, can I use this for our own drafts as well as giving it out to the public? Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, my sleeper late, um, who I really like is, let me stay on the uh, tight end area here, is Noah Fant. Um, I think we saw Drew really kind of wake up Bronco Nation when he kind of started this year. And, uh, Noah Fant came on that second half of the year. We got to see what he can do when given the opportunity. And uh, I like him. He's going to go after all everyone we mentioned earlier. So I like snagging him uh, in the later rounds, which I probably shouldn't have said out loud here. Um, (laughs) Overdrafted, you know what's going to happen is what happened to me last year. And uh, I had Sony Michelle. Uh, the second half of the year, a bunch of places last year, and in the playoff challenge, he was amazing. And I don't know what happened, what Belichick does to his guys. I don't know what happened with Sony Michelle this year. And to see what he did the tail end last year and the playoffs and the Super Bowl to this year is crazy to me. So, you know, how, who's going to be that guy this year? Is it going to be Mostert, who just did a four-touchdown game, He's going to do awesome. Maybe he has a great Super Bowl. And then next year, Shanahan maybe goes back to Coleman or incorporates more Brita. So maybe Mostert's the one that's overdrafted. Um, you know, we're going to see Mahomes and Lamar Jackson go really early. Love Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he got him in round 11. Um, we're going to see those guys go real early. I, I can't do quarterbacks as above five or six five or six is early to me um but i think we're going to see those guys go super early too so we'll see man i think the the super bowl is going to be telling on you know what everybody remembers in that last game like oh you know it's that's what i did with sony michelle and i fell right into the belichick trap <laughs> the Belichick trap is a great uh, fantasy team name for sure. Uh, just to bring up uh, some of the players that you had mentioned there, Lamar Jackson is indeed going off as the first quarterback uh, off the board at the 209 in FFPC drafts. Patrick Mahomes mm. is the second quarterback going off the board at 401. And then the tight mm. end that you had mentioned, Noah Fant, uh, is the tight end 11 right now. He is going off at the 802 right smack dab in front of Dallas Goddard. So he's still going off as a tight end oh, one. Wow. I, I, you know, what? you know, it, it's weird because I think people are drafting on upside right now, but even though we're talking about this in, in January, 802 for Noah Fant could end up being a bargain when we come down to it uh, coming up in early September here, Dave. 
Yeah, there's only 32 teams. All he has to do is be one, you know, one of the top in the top third. So how hard is it? How hard is it indeed? He showed, he flashed a ton of potential. I mean, he's like the opposite of T.J. Hawkinson. He looks fantastic. Hawkinson looked good for one game last year, and that was about it. We're gonna get into Tyler Higby oh, a little what bit happened later. There? Program Jeez. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> well, um, but but as far as um, what you would be doing in drafts right now, would you rather have Noah Fant if you're drafting right now, or Jared Cook? Is this for me? Oh, or I, I, you know, if you actually want to so, ask a sorry, person in particular. Sorry, sorry, yes, yes. Tony, go ahead. Noah Fant or Jared I'm Cook? sorry. I didn't mean to jump in, but I'm going to go Fant. And Cook was awesome with Breeze, but uh, Locke and Sutton and Fant got like a thing going now. And I'm going to go Fant there. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I'm hearing he's going eight already. <laughs> there goes that sleeper pick. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, he's still kind of a sleeper. I mean, I was, he's right. He's like, here's the four tight ends that are sandwiched within the span of about seven picks in FFPC best balls right now. Fant, Goddard, Gesicki, and Hawkinson. Uh, certainly all those guys won't hit. Um, some of them might. I mean, one, two, two of them might. Who knows? Uh, but that's where they're going right now. So I think you could still label him a sleeper. Dave, would you rather go with the safety of Jared Cook or is Noah Fant's upside too much to ignore if you were going with the tight end at that spot? Um. So again, Cook, Cooker fans. Cook has resigned. He's on the team. He's on the team. But we officially we don't know what Drew Brees is doing yet this year. It sounds like he's going to be back. Nothing official yeah, yet. Yeah, he'll probably be back. Uh, you know, Cook came on really a little bit late. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I will take the safety of Cook, but I I get the idea of Fant a lot. Right. I, I, yeah. I like him too, actually. He, and I could. I reserve the my the right to change my mind by May. That's fine. You, <laughs> I, I, we're just everything is phrased in in terms of drafts right now. The other thing to keep in mind with Fant is we often give tight. Well, at least I do. I give tight ends a pass in their rookie year. Um, by and large, I think most tight ends bust. If you're if you're drafting a rookie tight end, you kind of know what you're getting into. And Fant for I would say about eight or nine weeks of the season, maybe 10 weeks of the season, he looked like, okay, this is a guy that just has to find his way as a rookie, uh, in a, as a tight end in the NFL. And he came on. And so I think that he, he takes a big step this year. I think Hawkinson does as well. Both those Iowa tight ends. I really like him quite a bit this year. I agree with you except for the Hawkinson part. You don't like Hawkinson this year? I agree with you except for half of what you just said. No, seriously. Why do you not like Hawkinson? It's pretty easy. He sucked as a rookie, so I think he, why would he not continue to suck? Because I think most tight ends suck as rookies. That's, That's why. fine. I mean, show something. Otherwise, you know. I think whatever. he did show something. It wasn't very consistent, but. Yeah, he showed something that he wasn't very good to you know, start, people, and that when he becomes a second-year player, he will be a, an average tight end, not a really good for, tight end. For what it's worth from the start, people were talking about him being potentially the greatest rookie tight end since Mike Ditka. And he clearly wasn't the best and little, he was, tight end. little Gronk and all likely, that. Most yep. likely, you're not. Yeah, but if you're not the best rookie tight end, you're probably not going to become the best tight end. Well, I'm not saying he's going to become the best tight end, but I think he's going to be more than palatable as a tight end one. Okay, I'll bet he, you that he's not going to be a tight end one next year. I got five on it. Okay, all right, I'll do that. All right, so <laughs> I got five on. He's uh, not even being drafted as a tight end one right now, so you're going to just. He's borderline, off. dude. He is he borderline. T.J. Hawkinson is tight end 14. Oh, great. All right, so perfect. This two, is two picks worth of value here. Th- this is just the kind of bones I like to throw <laughs> you on the show, Dave. So I got T.J. Hawkinson being a top, to- uh, top 12 tight end this season. I got five on it. I got five I on it. I got five Hey, sorry, oh, Tony. I know you're an Italian that likes to gamble, but you're not going to be allowed to be betting in this one. Buddy. Okay, you that's fine. You play blackjack, <laughs> fire dolls, yeah. and all that stuff with the good decks and the good dealers. <laughs> the good decks. I was just in Vegas. You know, they have all these six to five decks now. It's so terrible. I can't. You can't even. Can't even play six to five. 
Anyway, stop. I'll yeah. stop complaining about that while Balky's writing writing down. Well, right, no, so I'm here's just the, here's the last question. Or we, do we have more questions? No, we can go ahead. Go ahead. All right, well, actually, or did you want to ask the Super Bowl prediction? Do you, do you, Tony, do you have a Super Bowl prediction for us between the Chiefs and Niners? How do you see this game uh, ending up? I'm an AFC guy always, but I cannot be a Broncos guy. Root for the Chiefs, and I can't. You know. <laughs> I, I don't want to root for the Niners. I just I'm going to go. It's it's going to be Mahomes. It's going to be Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think taking it. Um, although I've seen really good defenses shut down awesome offenses before in the Super Bowl, Broncos Seahawks. Um, are the Niners to that level? I don't know, but Mahomes is just so on top of his game right now and. He's got the playmakers, you know, Andy Reid, and uh, I hate to say it, I'll go Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs it is. Yeah, that's no, that, that, that's what the way Vegas is leaning right now, too. So What are they, one-point favor? Yeah, one, one and a half. Interesting. Yeah. All right, final All right. question, Dave. So, 20000 bucks. that was a nice payday for you last year. Any plans on how you're going to spend it? Betting on the Super Bowl, perhaps? <laughs> Giving your wife some? Oh, dude. Let us know. I'd love to, but, uh, I, you know, a lot of it, my wife and I owe taxes this year, so you got a chunk going to that um, come tax time. You know, a big chunk from just winning it. And then uh, we're going to go visit some family in Vermont and go hang out next month. So, using a, a bunch towards that. And they're just taking care of some bills, man. Hey, you know what? That's that's all good stuff. Uh, that's all very prudent, prudent decisions on your part, Tony. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we, we oftentimes don't get those prudent decisions from a lot of the guests who win a lot of money on this show. So it's always refreshing to hear that. Good for you. I uh, wish you best of luck in all your 2020 drafts. Congratulations on your big varsity payday. And thanks so much for Thank joining you, us tonight. Uh, r- really appreciate it, dude. And, and we'll talk again soon, all right? Oh, man, I'd love it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks so, a lot. Tony DeCibio, your 2019 FFPC varsity number one champion, $20,000 winner. I just uh, assumed he was Italian, Tony DeCibio. That just sounds that's a perfect Italian. I, I'm sure name. he is, yeah. I, All my <laughs> Italian friends with their vowel last names, yeah. that's, the, that's always the giveaway. Speaking of vowel last names, Dave. <laughs> um, yes, Balkmano. Yeah, no, that's not where I was going. That's fine. Um, we, uh, we, should talk, we, we should answer a few questions here before we go off the air. We'll try to get to as many as we can. First one is Al in Oklahoma City. Since both Chargers running backs are free agents, how would you guys handle drafting them in FFPC best ball leagues right now? Love the show. That is Al in Oklahoma City. Dave, for what it's worth, Austin Eckler is currently going at the 302 in FFPC best ball leagues. Melvin Gordon going at the 308. Would you be comfortable taking either of those guys in the third round right now? Uh, I might, I might not be actually. I might be looking a different direction. I think that maybe that's what you're seeing with people taking running backs in the first round, and they're looking at receivers a little bit in that third, third, fourth range. Is there something to be said for no matter where either of these guys end up, they will be paid as running backs who need to carry the load? So, in, in the fact we don't know where they're going to be, but you would think that they will be getting heavy volume for touches. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I mean, there's a chance that they, you know, their agents are puffing them up, especially probably Melvin Gordon's agent. And right. they think they're going to get these huge money contracts. It's a deep running back class. There's only so many jobs available and there's only so many teams that give bell, t- bell cow type 
carries to, to players. And Eckler is a little bit undersized. So, I mean, there's a reasonable chance that whoever signs him doesn't use them anywhere, you know, as nearly as much as the, as the Chargers. But, what, but wouldn't you want that if you were an Eckler owner? Wouldn't you want that to not be used, to not, to, to, no, to not be used as a three-down type guy? You wouldn't want heavy volume for Austin Eckler. But you need to have volume, otherwise you're You would get volume. I mean, wouldn't you think that if they're going to sign him to a big free – like, you – okay, so if you get Austin well, – you Okay, you're pre- presuming he's getting signed to a big free agent contract. That was your – Significant, pre- yes. Yes, that's your – your, You don't think he will? I mean, no, you I think that, that he I might not. A possibility you he think might not. might not. I mean, there's okay. a range of possibilities. It's January, right. and he's the early third-round pick. I can take – I don't know, Amari Cooper type guy. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley or Austin Eckler. Um, I don't know. The Gurley. I mean, I would you take, take Gurley right because now. He, because of the volume, the, the defined role. I mean, well, he was probably like a, what was he, RB14 or something like that? Roughly, yeah. yeah. So, and he still has the same similar type job. And so there's a, a relative certainty that unless Gurley has some issues with the arthritis, it, it seems like that's right. stabilized. And so, uh, yeah. What, what Free agent for free agent. Austin Eckler or Kenyon Drake? They're both complete free agents? Yeah. Uh, Eckler. Do you take Eckler over Drake? Yeah, Drake's sample size of goodness is a little too small for me. Somebody who's not a free agent, Eckler or Chris Carson in Seattle, who would you rather have? Carson? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Carson in this case. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, Carson, I forgot what Carson's injury was. I'd have to – was, what, what was it? Then? Well, if it was an ACL or something, which it I It wasn't an was. ACL. It was like a shoulder or Some whatever. sort of coming back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Carson probably. Then. All right, so last one here. <laughs> this is fun. Austin Eckler or Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> you know, Bell really did look kind of like a form, like a shell of his He did. Himself. He did. And, um, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough one, actually. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't really know. Give me the upside. I'm going Eckler over Le'Veon right. Bell. All you right. heard it here first, folks. Yeah. The, the, the stone of the year. you're trying to tempt me into taking Bell, and I, I don't know if I can even. No, I'm not tempting you. That's fine you're if you don't want to. me or whatever. Lee in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Do you cheeseheads think Aaron Jones is going to be a first-round bust after his breakout season this year? And, Dave, Aaron Jones is going in the first round of FFPC best balls right now, specifically at the 110. Is that an overpay? Is he a bust at 110? Yeah, he's not a pedigree back. And he was a first, first, or fifth-round pick out of UTEP. Fifth first? round out of UTEP. That yeah. is correct. So, uh, One round behind Jamal Williams, by the way. Yeah, out of BYU. Mr. Metrics, that'd be way. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's a chance that he, that that's possible. 20, like he had a number of big big plays. Twenty three touchdowns this past year. Yeah, that seems barely a little, a little busty. Barely scraped over a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, that seems like the, the definition gonna, of a bust, right? I'm gonna say wait. I'll tell you this: Nick Chubb's going behind him. I'd rather have Chubb. Joe Mixon's going behind him. I'd rather have Mixon. DeAndre Hopkins, as you know, if we branch it out, I'd rather have Hopkins. These are all Devontae Adams, his real-life teammate. I'd rather have Adams than Aaron Jones. No thanks. Yeah, as we said uh, in going into the playoff contest, Adams outproduced Aaron Jones in the last, like, six weeks of the season. This Indeed. Indeed. And he outproduced him in the playoffs, too, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Um, Bill in Colleen, Texas. What's up, Dave and Balky? How real was the breakout we saw from Tyler Higby at the end of this <laughs> last season? I noticed he is going much higher in drafts this year, and I'm curious if you guys would take him at that spot. Well, the spot, first of all, thank you for the email, Bill in Colleen, Texas. Tyler Higby is going at the 608 as the ninth tight end off the board, Dave. Too rich? Or is this a position or is this a player at that spot in the draft that you can get on board with in the mid six? I might actually start targeting him. I might actually, I, I like that. Um, I don't see what, why would they use him? What was different? Why would they not use him the same way? Cooks was healthy. 
Yes. Cup was healthy. Yes. Woods was healthy. Yeah, and Higgins Goff was and Gurley were both healthy. Yeah. I I, I guess I'm not. Re- I, I'm reading you know, this here. Too. Pro Football Focus. He was the top graded Rams player on the whole damn team last year. And 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 bear this in mind too. Gerald Everett. Remember Gerald Everett was the sexy Rams yeah, tight end pickup. Yeah, tight end. Yeah. And people picked him up, and he was good. Then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then Higby started crushing it. Everett came back. Higby was still crushing it. And, you know, and Higby. This was his third or fourth year, but again, you know, tight end. I think it was the third year. Yeah. Take a while to develop, and I mean, so then he came on, got the playing time, and he developed, and he showed. And he was giving me, again, we were talking about Brandon Cooks earlier. He was getting, I mean, so many more targets than Cooks. It was ridiculous. I mean, really. Even he was cutting into Cups production. Yeah, he, he was. was. So Bear this in mind, too. The Rams could have extended either one of those tight ends. Before Higby broke out, they extended Higby. And this is whenever it was crushing it. They extended Higby. Nice. Bear that in mind as well. I'm so I'm, I'm on board. All right. Final email of the night. Jerry in Westland, Michigan. Dear Herman and Brett. Clearly, you're Herman. I know your beloved Matt's... Herman what? Okay, based on the... I already read this email. It's about Kenny Galladay, so I'm assuming it's Lions receivers. Herman Moore. And um, Brett Brett, Perriman. Brett Favre. Brett Perriman. Oh. No, no. Did you hear (laughs) Brett Favre was comparing his skills to Patrick Mahomes? No. I got to read the article, but uh, interesting stuff. Dear Herman and Brett, I know your beloved mascot, two Packers, swears that Kenny Galladay is not a wide receiver one, but FFPC drafters are selecting him like one this season. How do you two fall in line on the Galladay debate? Kenny Galladay right now, Dave, going as the wide receiver nine, I believe. Yes, niner. Did you catch a niner in there? Yes. I did. Uh, Wide receiver nine at the 303 this year. That's. Uh, a spot you want to get in business with Kenny Galladay, or is that too early? Did I ask it, you? It seems it's had early, but I might I might still be looking at him. I I, I don't remember if I asked you this. At, it's a little uh, inconsistent. At the top of the show, would you rather have Kenny Galladay or Odell Beckham? Because they're uh, going back say, to I'd back. Rather, I'd rather have Galladay. You would go Galladay. Yeah. Um, you rather for sure. You rather have DJ Moore than Kenny out Kenny oh, Galladay right? all day long, baby. DJ Moore. I think so too. Um, this guy is going ahead of Kenny Galladay, but I'm going to ask him about. I'm going to ask you about him anyway because he's the second receiver off his own team. Kenny Galladay or Mike Evans? Uh, I would take Evans. Evans is going at the 209. Chris Godwin's going at the 207. Does that seem right to you? Uh, It seems tough for them both to return value, but they both uh, did really well last year. And, I mean, you know, last year. I think they both can return that value. The way Jameis Winston slings the rock. Yeah, and O.J. Howard – Walks around. Howarding it. Yeah. OJ. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Galladay or Amari Cooper? Um, Cooper. Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson. Um, oh, for me. And that's razor thin. I, li- I like Allen. I just like Allen Robinson's game a lot. I really do. I mean, I, he's, he's proven it to me, but I, I get it if you like guys. The vol- you know, the thing is with, with Robinson, he gets a lot of, it seems like he gets more targets than Galladay, and I don't, I'd have to look it up. But it just seems like Robinson's targeted more than Galladay. That's because everyone, everyone else on the offense sucks. So you, well, he's but, good. Okay. Well, I mean, you have Marvin Jones, who's actually pretty good. Or you know, I don't know what Marvin Jones's contract status is, but Marvin Jones is pretty decent. He's yeah, a pretty he's good right. receiver. All right, final one of the night: Kenny Galladay or AJ Brown? I guess Anthony Miller's not the worst. Oh, so anyway, uh, I'll take Galladay over AJ Brown. All right, I would do. All right, that's going to do it for our show, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before I let you go, I will say, two Packer chiming in. Galladay, legit shot as wide receiver five. Great best ball guy. Two, three turn. He took DJ Moore, then Kenny Galladay. So, so he's the WR1 this year, of course. He's the wide receiver. This I, is the year. He's I waited all this time. Tupac better be trumpeting that on Twitter. 
I want to see he that. Will be. He will. All right, perfect. He's already been trumpeting about A.J. Brown, so I want to see the Kenny Galladay thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening this week. I want to thank Tony DeCibio, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you for uh, listening in this week. Uh, next week, the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship runner-up, Bob Hoob, is going to be joining us. What did he win? 30 grand, Dave? 30 grand for the Football Guys Players Championship runner-up? I think that's what it was. Oh, he's probably still annoyed. Well, well be that as it may, he won $30,000. He's going to tell us how he did it, beating uh, 8,000-plus other teams. Uh, pick up a Dynasty Orphan today. Remember to do that, myffpc.com slash dynasty. Jump into best ball now. They're available. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Dave, forgive me, I, I, I may have asked you this in years past, but when do you start paying attention or, or scouting rookies for your dynasty drafts? Uh, pretty soon, actually. Uh, so you haven't yet, but you're... I really you haven't, because I'm mean, kind of busy just doing random crap. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Riding a Peloton, you know. Cause, yeah, well, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, well, because I brought up Jerry Judy tonight, yeah. and I didn't. I honestly didn't know if you knew much about... Because you don't watch a whole lot of college football. You're I don't, but I know he's a really hyped up guy, and he's supposed to be great. Right. Um, I still look at this year and and the the um, even as many guys as decided to return to school. I mean, Mel Kiper at his first mock draft put out this year, he had six wide receivers in the first round. I really need to look at the receiver or the players that went back to school at the skill positions because we might have some of them in our player pool. Oh, it's entirely possible. I pulled uh, a couple guys. I'll tell you, anyway. Travis Atn is yeah. he in there? Yeah, I pulled him out right. Okay, away. good. And then the other, who was the other one that I wanted to? There was, there's another receiver that surprisingly came could, back. Yeah, you could shoot an email. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I'm going to email info at, at, at no myffpc.com <laughs> and make sure nobody's drafted them. And that's where we're at. All right. Enjoy your drafts this weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if you're watching it. Say what? And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll talk to you again next week with Bob Hoog.